0: Well, welcome back to our listeners to another episode of the Creator Sessions. Um, I'm Tala, I'm your host again today. And this is another very special episode in our Emirati Women's Day series um, where we are celebrating the efforts and achievements of some of the amazing Emirati women in our network. So I have the privilege to be sat here today with the highly impressive Aida Busayedi. Um Aida is the Associate Vice President of um, Consumer Advocacy over at uh, Dubai Economy and Tourism. Uh, She also has not one but two consultancies. Uh, She works on campaigns uh, across multiple markets that serve to promote Dubai as a touristic destination in collaboration with celebrities, influencers, content creators, and what have you. And frankly, that's just a very small portion of all of the hats that you wear. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for that very lovely introduction. <laughs> um, you genuinely have an entire laundry list of achievements and of genuinely amazing things to be celebrated about you that serve to really benefit, you know, the future of our nation. And you are one of the greatest advocates, in my opinion, for um, for Dubai, uh, for women in Dubai as well. Um, and and yeah, for the future of this nation. Thank so, you. Yeah, very much. <laughs> um, I think we have so much to get through, so we could just jump right into it. I'm ready. Um <laughs> To some of our listeners who may be like less familiar with your work, um, could you tell us a little bit more about your work at Zet? Um, so I've been at uh, what is now DET
1: for um, a decade. Um, wow. And I think it's uh, it's been such a transformative um, past ten years. Um, growth-wise for the city, for the entity, and uh, personally as well. Um, When I first started off, I was in the PR division, and then obviously as social media picked up, you know, platforms and digital ecosystem became a little bit bigger. Uh, And then the rise of, uh, you know, uh, what was then called influencers, but we've transformed the terminology now. Yeah. Content creators to key opinion leaders is something that we use internally. Because (laughs) I think there are several people who kind of fall into that category, who have a level of skill set and talent and have so much to give back that, you know, I think they don't want to be termed the word influencer. So it's kind of evolved. Um, So around 2017, you know, they were like, hey, let's just start up this division that actually kind of has this um, ethos. And we created, um, I would say, a science out of something that's very creative, very artistic, you know, and linked a few ROIs and some very critical KPIs because, you know, it's very difficult for marketeers in general to say, hey, uh, give me a bunch of money so that I can do something. And then people come back and say, well... What did you give me back in return? Yeah. Um, So yeah. So that role has evolved, and uh, you know, my my position primarily is is very much more on the strategy level. But I I like to get you know down and dirty and you know lift up my sleeves. So you'll see me running around and (laughs) and we have yeah and you know on shoots and uh, and you know building itineraries for people and really kind of building that level of advocacy that people don't see because you know authentic. Content creation really comes from the belief of you having done something that's interesting. Yeah. So anybody can go to, I don't know, the Burj, for example. But what's your story with the Burj? And I think that's um, essentially what we're trying to build. And if you have twenty people, or two hundred people, two thousand people who all go to the Burj, you have two thousand different stories exactly. that I stitch that up. That's kind of like the storytelling of the Burj. So expand that to the the city of Dubai definitely, and then multiply that with <laughs>
0: X and number of countries. That is no small feat. No, it's not. Um, no. In a lot of ways also, you were one of the people kind of on the forefront of this um, key opinion leader <laughs> <of> marketing <laughs> 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 um, and, and involved with bringing a lot of the big names uh, to Dubai um, for different collaborations, different key pieces of content. Um, how do you kind of, um, first of all, how do you kind of have this proof of concept for that? Was it difficult to get the buy-in? Of course, it's no easy task. Yeah. And uh, second of all, what is that selection process like and and who and what determines what makes a good uh, advocate or collaborator?
1: So um, I'll maybe step out just a little bit uh, outside of my DT role, working with um, high-profile individuals and key opinion leaders, something that I did even before I got yes. to DT. So bringing that knowledge and kind of that path and process into play Um, I think there's a few things that people really need to understand it it, you know we we shouldn't be chasing numbers because at the end of the day when you strip all the numbers when you strip all the social media platforms what's the reality of the person true from the interest to the link to the destination um, and and I think community um, feel and advocacy so we actually find out what the layer is before we go out and speak to the people so it's not like oh I want X person to come here it's about what does the city need and does this person fit that story that makes sense yeah 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 and then so you marry those two things together because at the end of the day one can't work without the other one and I think if you put too much emphasis on oh I want to bring that celebrity to come to Dubai Um, then what happens is you kind of really dial down on what the city has to offer. Um, and there's so much that the city has to offer. Like we haven't even scraped the surface Mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, telling our story or telling the narrative. And so, yeah, the, the, the proof of concept is essentially first, what does the city need? And then does it actually require for us to work with a celebrity or a content creator or a leader? It could be done through several other ways. It could be done through, you know, we 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 let's take gastronomy uh, as an yes. example, right? Does Which it mean I need a huge th- scene? It's here. a huge scene, right? So so the ethos is essentially: do we have the right infrastructure to have the right type of restaurants or the FNB outlets? And once you have that, you know, do we have the right type of chefs, the right type of service, you know, that to actually offer that? So people want to come to Dubai and open up their restaurants, or people actually open up their restaurants starting out of Dubai. So now. Those Michelin star chefs, yeah. you know, whether they've been awarded previously or awarded through our current Michelin star guide program, essentially are the key opinion leaders. I will fly out to go eat at that one restaurant that's a three star restaurant because that Michelin star chef is there. Absolutely. So so really kind of, you know, creating, as I said earlier, a science and a process out of it and then expanding that. So. Not every storytelling is going to be the same, not every pillar, not every person is going to be the same, but you're definitely going to find a lot of synergies and, you know, mixing and matching people as well. You know, bringing that chef from, you know, this country who does, I don't know, that cuisine versus, you know, a local chef versus somebody else, you know, maybe from the East. And that becomes a story that you really want to share. And that brings people together. So the
0: influencers will wanna be part of that storytelling. Absolutely, well, right? yeah. I don't think people realize just how much thought goes into that because it's, I can see how the whole demand for for a celebrity or a big name chef or whatever can, it just can be frivolous. And it yeah. could be like a wasted effort if you're not really aligning the ethos of the city with this so-and-so opinion leader's brand yeah. and what they're bringing to the table. So it really is an exercise in, uh-huh. in bringing the right people. Yeah. In. And, and, and it works the other way
1: around as well, right? I mean, if, if people of a very high caliber, you know, these big celebrities, when they come here, they really want to understand the soul of the city because what happens then is they the give their way. all. They, they want to be a part of the city. They want to be part of the storytelling. And that makes it even more beautiful because once you remove the pizzazz and yeah. being famous, they're just like you and me, yeah. you know? And, and, and that's a nicer conversation to have. Absolutely. then they become advocates of the city and they automatically talk about what they love, what they've seen, where they went, who they have spoken to. So, I mean, I, I have to say, I love what I do because it really, it, it's about the people and about the story.
0: Yeah. And it's it's really also the city that you love and advocacy for your home, mm-hmm. which is such a kind of an honor and a privilege to be able to That's do it, I think. Um, I think it also works in reverse. Uh, the glitz and glam of the city can sometimes be, OK, we've seen it, we know. But Yeah. These yeah. people who are coming here, they're really wanting to get to know the heart of the city and getting to know the soul of the city. 100%. And so, yeah, just in that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so since we're getting into the celebrity stuff, uh, we obviously have to ask a few questions. And you've worked with some really big names. You can't ask me who's the most difficult. <laughs> I'm not, not going to answer enough. that. I just scratched <laughs> that off the list. Um, you've worked with the likes of Martin Lawrence, Eva Longoria, and... Um, uh king philip uh s- the list goes on and on and on um i wanted to ask you more specifically oh chris Hemsworth, um who would you say surprised you the most in person like who differed from their public persona in that for instance we hear chris Hemsworth is very like humble very friendly they're all very humble and all
1: very friendly i can't pick and choose one mm-hmm. i think the more time you spend with somebody, the more you'll appreciate them. You yeah. know, it's all in the conversations that you have. I think the one that I would maybe point out the most is Hans Zimmer. Oh, my God. He, yes, I know. I, I have goosebumps every time I talk about So, you know, before his concert, I had 10 full days with him. Wow. And so when you have that amount of time with somebody... It really adds layers of perspective. Um, you already have respect for this person who yes. touches everybody, so, so many people. But then you know when you get to sit with and and you know I've heard him speak and I you know I've heard his notes of appreciation and you know words of wisdom. But it's just so different when you are with them and you get to see everything around that persona. You know the hard work behind them. The family values that they have so i think it's less about who it is and just about the amount of time that you yeah. spend with them because you have to be willing to put in the time yeah and you're and, getting to know that person yeah. really. and, and listen right yeah. so the the more i listen the more i know this is the type of journey that i think they need to kind of take and less about what i think would be the right places to go, mm-hmm. and more about showcasing the variety of what could match what their ethos is all about. Absolutely, um, and you know, and 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 learn how to step
0: back. Yeah,
1: you'll very rarely see me with, um, and or have a lot of photos with it. I'm yeah, the the behind the scenes. Yeah, and the reason for that is it's it's not it's not about me shining. It's about them understanding and kind of connecting with the city as well. And Definitely. the same goes for the rest of the team as well, you know, and and you can't do it alone. So well, once they you develop that level of trust and, and communication, everything else just kind of falls into
0: place. Absolutely. So I don't have a favorite. Well, I mean, Hans Zimmer is a fantastic <laughs> answer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think we, we can see that, too. I don't think that's a it's a disparity from his public persona. hundred um, percent. So you've had, obviously, so much experience in this space, so it might just be a no to this question. Um, but I ask because I've also done very few, but a few uh, interviews and whatnot with some celebrities, some Disney stars, some Khaliji celebrities, mostly for you guys, yeah, uh, <laughs> for the festivals over at By and Tourism. Um, but have you ever felt um, in any way starstruck by somebody that you had to work with? It brings to mind one occasion where... Uh, I was sent to speak with um, Hamad Abdul. Yeah. And growing up in my house, it was like the three legends of like Arabic music. Fadou was Umketoum and Hamad Abdo. Oh, wow. like it, it, it's kind of just like an untouchable <laughs> figure. And then I had my parents in the back of my head going, like, don't forget to tell him that we love him. <laughs> we went to, to do the quick interview on the spot and he invited us on stage for his sound check. Oh, that's to do. My heart was pumping so fast. Oh, wow. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt that way? Maybe in the beginning of my career, I think you just, there's so much that's
1: put into making that person who they are. Yeah. And I think when you're um, slightly younger Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and when you don't know what your footing is like, it's a little bit daunting, I think. I would say there's one that I would, Probably be very scared to share. <laughs> I haven't. uh We we haven't met yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I'm manifesting. It. Okay. So some people who well, if you follow me diligently on on social, and I I usually just post a lot of memes, uh, a lot. I I've I've uh, I've been very clear about who I'm trying to manifest. Okay. So sometimes I feel like okay, if you say it too much, it might not happen. Fair enough.
0: But maybe if you say it enough, it might happen. Fair enough. So. I'll oh, do some see. stalking and find out later <laughs> off camera. <laughs> but I am manifesting that for you, too. Um, awesome. Yeah, I, I assume at some point, you know, it just kind of becomes, a, not necessarily routine, but yeah. you know, you're there to do a job and yeah, you, you can yeah. be very impressed with someone and still make yeah. it too. And
1: I And I think, you know, for me, I could... I think less about my job and just more about my personality. Um, just as Ida, not as Ida, the the employee or or the boss or whatever. I think I get impressed by um, values. Yes, and you know I think when you have such little time t- with people, there's only like one percent that you could extract from them. And you know I, when I watch movies, it's um, I took this class in college um which basically helped us assess like what movies and films are all like I feel like you you just have to strip the person out of their role yes and just look at them and for who they are and I feel that that I, and I just take that track all the time so and unfortunately it's all business for me yeah and then when I clock out it's, it's not so business for me although my husband will tell you the opposite <laughs> You'd be like, she. she's like a tour guide every time someone calls her. I like yeah, i Like, oh, take that straight and
0: you'll get to that. And, and I'm like, ah. Oh, I get th- it. Thanks a lot. In a <laughs> lot of ways, when you, I guess, love your home, it's really nice to be able to translate that into yeah. like an aspect. I don't know if it's like the personality yeah. informs that or if it's a love of the city that, yeah. that informs the personality. Yeah. But I'm the same way. Yeah. And I get very excited when anyone talks about Dubai on any of my favorite shows or Whenever anyone comes to visit, I just want to show them, you know, my Dubai. Um,
1: And I I like discovering new places and new things, people sometimes. So sometimes people will be like, oh, have you ever been here? And uh, um, you know, Bukhtail? Yes. So it's so funny. I actually missed the boat when it was just a kish. Okay. (laughs) So I went to the fancy one, which is no. right now. And when everybody was talking about it, you know, you know, when you're like, oh, I should I, go. I should go. I should go. Absolutely. I should. And then I never went. And then when I finally went, I was
0: like turn it! Yeah, I you know, was magic like it it's the magic of the kitchen. You know? Remember when salt was just a bus? <laughs> exactly. You know when it was just a yeah. salt shaker. I'm yeah. in a butt. So,
1: <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you know, we, we when you know what's right there. I think and 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 I think the beauty of it is when you get an opportunity to work with so many of these people, you also get a chance to rediscover, definitely, re fall in love again with your city so much. And so yeah, I
0: think I I, I think I got the best of lots I think of world so too. <laughs> Well, oh, it's such a quickly and like ever evolving city. Not yes. necessarily changing, but evolving. Uh, it's just you, you're 100%. constantly rediscovering. 100%. It. Um, I kind of want to go back to speaking a little bit more about your career journey, because you know, you've, uh, you've been at DT now for 10 years. Uh, you studied journalism, though. I did. And yeah, and then you went from there. You worked uh, as a columnist. You went on to do um, TV. Um, so yeah, could you tell us a little bit more about that? So when I did those two things, I had a full-time job
1: as well. Wow. wow. <laughs> um, somebody told me, when you're in your 20s, the um, any opportunity that comes to you should always be a yes. It should never be a no. And I think that's... A, we have a big issue with people in general who just say no first. Um, so I tend to say Yes, and even if I don't know how to do it, I'll I'll figure it out, um, unless it, it disrupts my time because I, I, I time box everything. Uh, so yeah, so after I graduated, I actually started in a PR agency. And while I was in the PR agency, I got the opportunity to start emceeing as well as um, start a column uh, in the then Emirates today. So it was a weekly column all about, you know, life from an Emirati woman's perspective um so it was a fun column very um quirky love that sometimes when i look at the the writing i'm like oh <laughs> i know it have written better <laughs> it gets but the I, same way <laughs> <What I doing>? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but at the time you're like this is
1: gold <laughs> people are gonna read this <laughs> <laughs> pulitzer here i come <laughs> <laughs> and then some um, anyway, so, uh, fast forward to that while I was still, and then, and then the, the newspaper came to, uh, you know, a few changes and it was one of my friends who actually suggested me for, um, the TV show, just her say. So it was meant to emulate, um, kind of like the views of yeah. poor women kind of just talking Love about, that. you know, leisure stuff, no politics, no religion. Um, so then, yeah, so while I was still in my PR job um, and then moved into a Dubai holding, switched from, you know, being a columnist to uh, a TV presenter, just did that for about a year. Obviously, uh, uh, the only couple of social media platforms that were out there were Facebook and um, I think LinkedIn, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about it. You know? yeah. So so obviously, if, if you were on television back in the day, that yeah, was a big deal. That it was, still is. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know it, yeah. 2007, it meant something. Yeah, it was all of the things. It was all of the things. So I got stopped a couple of times and I hear the girl TV, and I'm like, yep, that's me. Um, so yeah, I did that for a bit, and um, but still had my day job. So, yeah. I would, But the thing is, these were just like weekly stints, so yeah. it didn't take up too much of my time. Mm-hmm. You know, I could submit the column. Yeah, I had a deadline once a week, was 500 words, so... But I really just wanted to learn. Yeah. Because there was so much, um, and I'm going to be very frank right now to, to, you know, to you and to the audience as well. There wasn't a really good perception of Emiratis in general. And you're talking about 2003, 2004, you know, there was a, a lot of perception of, oh, being lazy, oh, they're all rich. Um, you know, they're just waiting to get married yeah. for the girls. And so there was a lot to prove and it's, it was so interesting to see so many negative perceptions back then. You don't see that anymore right now, but sure, when you have gone through that journey of, you know, being in the industry for, for two decades, it's, it, it was, um, it was very disappointing, but also a really big opportunity, you know, and I don't want people to, to ever say that again. So it was, whilst it was really nice to be the first female Emirati on English television in the UAE, there was a lot of responsibility that came with it as As well, right? Um, The first English columnist as well, you know, in Emirates Today, there came a lot of responsibility as well. So you have to maintain that over a period of time while still maintaining your values, you know, uh, while still maintaining, uh, you know, uh, uh, making sure you're with your family, you know, being in your early 20s and going out with your friends. So there there was a lot that was happening. So um, I took it on as a personal challenge. And I think because of that, it opened up a lot more doors um, for future things because, you know, when you decide to, I don't want to call it risk-taking, to just really step out of the comfort zone, you know, and there were many others that were doing it, but we didn't, we we weren't all, connected so now we're a lot more connected there's a lot more conversation so there's now you have hundreds and thousands versus the tens to hundreds um but it always takes that one and and uh i'm glad that that perception from you know 20
0: years ago no longer exists right i think i mean very well said and that is so much to take on yeah i mean you really put that burden on yourself yeah um and I mean, very, very commendable, uh, and you sure did do it. Um, but I think that that perception also lit a fire under so many young Emiratis yeah, at the time as well, Yeah. to really kind of, they had something to prove, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, especially with the work that you do, you are building perceptions. You are building, well, not even perceptions, but actually showing the reality, yeah. really. Um, and I think that's one of the huge things that I've also noticed a huge shift in perception yeah. on and, and exactly. something that I advocate about. And um, it's only getting more and more yeah. apparent yeah. just how driven the Emirati youth yeah. are. I was, you know, in the last episode we spoke with Maryam Namerefe about the um, the experts program, the national yeah. experts program, which she had also gone through. And it's just so impressive, yeah. what they managed to achieve.
1: So many changes, and 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 they're all for the good, right? Absolutely, we're you're, we're paving a lot of those ways, and uh, you know, it's 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 interesting because you know back then, today, obviously, you 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 can you can take your pick out of who you know and get connected. It's so much easier to get connected, but you know, the the other aspect also of being able to tell a story from the Emirati side uh be female or not female at all is we were allowing people into our lives because you, you would rarely the, some of the comments were i've never met an emirati in my life oh no like but, <laughs> how, but you know the thing is i was looking at it from the first person yeah like i meet a lot of people but then it's the opposite yeah for them as well so yeah. so you always have to learn how to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and then you know it's not about uh, you know, uh, being not reserved anymore. It's about why has this not happened uh, before? And there were many of us that were doing it, you yeah, know, and there, yeah, yeah, especially on the on, on the male counterpart side. And uh, you know, we had the young Arab leaders program back then. I mean, mm-hmm. it still exists right now with the uh, with Mu and so there was a lot of conversations then. and then, you know,
0: smaller things started spurting up as well. Yeah. yeah. And social media, I guess, also helped by that. So kind of going back to a little bit of your experience in the comms sphere, um, we've noticed or we've seen, all of us have seen, uh, the likes of ChatGPT and AI integration really changing the game and a lot of ways threatening our jobs. (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts about something like ChatGPT and AI being used in communication more and more? You know, what's so funny,
1: Um, uh, if you look back at at comms in general, from from, uh, people writing on walls to to communicate, to telling stories, if you're a natural storyteller, it doesn't matter the platform or the modem, because when TV came along, everybody got threatened. Yeah. But there was so much opportunity. True. And then after that, color TV came on. <laughs> and not was, color. Yeah. Not co- not so color. And then color with voice came on. But it opened up opportunities. So what happened was when there was no voice on television, people who didn't have a good voice to share really thought that they could no longer act. But then they had voice experts. So that opened up new jobs. Yeah. And then came radio and so on and so forth, right? So at every stage, I feel like there's always gonna be panic because as humans, we don't like change, absolutely, and we don't like conforming to change, but as much as I think that yeah you know, i i don't I don't want someone to imitate my voice, <laughs> I also can take a look at it and say, "Well, wait a minute." How have I thought about it in the best way possible for me to benefit out of it as well? So I think with every change, there's an opportunity. You really have to kind of find out what that opportunity is for you, for your entity, for the people around you. Um, so I'm not scared uh, of AI. If anything, I think we just really have scraped the surface. Yeah. And... Um, if you're scared, it, you know, uh, I don't mean you. This, this is no, not terrified. direct. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, you know, when, when, as, a, as a comms person who genuinely wanted to, you know, go into the field of study. So it wasn't just journalism that I studied in university. Throughout my high school, I was in declamation contests and writing competitions. So I, the, the, the love for comms started when I was a lot younger. And then I solidified that with an education and got the job and did all these. So I diversified my modeling of comms. So today, if somebody comes with chat, GPT, AI, this, WXYZ, whatever, why should I be threatened? Because I already have that strong base. Yes. And it's so interesting to see people who are like, oh, these, this group of influencers who now are like, oh, I don't mind if I'm a content creator. I'm like, okay, fine. What? Content do you create? Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. But then there's a group of people who are content creators, you know, and then really creative. Yeah, they're really creative and they've changed the narrative of creating content and generating businesses and making it into an educational model. So we really need to step out. And so for that category of people who basically said, you know what, I want to be famous. Um, And I see this because i have children (laughs) and at one point they want to be what they want to open a youtube youtube yes yes, i knew it but then i actually said okay guys you want to open a youtube channel i was like what's your plan what's your plan how old are your kids that you're asking them for a business plan they're eight to ten and they made one they made a business plan i swear to god i was like what is your youtube channel what is it going to be called what's your bio uh, what, do you, what are you going to tell people? So they're like, mama, it's all about challenges. I was like, like okay, what's your first 10 stories that you're going to focus on? What impact will they have? And they wrote it down. No, they didn't. I swear <laughs> to God, I should have taken a picture and, and they wrote it down. That is I, I, If you write it down, it becomes your vision board and it becomes your reality. And I know that they're not going to continue and they're not going to focus on it because they haven't even looked into like video capabilities, time frame, and all that other stuff. But they have a vision, which is the most important part. So I'm um, so going back to your question. I um I don't think you should be threatened by anything new that comes up, because we sh- we're we're in a stage of our of our global transformation where things are popping up every which way, and you can't stop it. Yeah. Because that's progress. Yeah. But with progress means your mind needs to be as progressive. Absolutely. But if you're stuck in i don't know 2019 late <laughs> there we go <laughs> in with the turns uh then it's gonna upset you and I, absolutely I, yeah and, and and you're gonna be fearful so rather than looking at what are the opportunities you're just gonna be looking at oh my god i'm
0: probably next in line to be fired you're right some machine gonna get me and that's it you're absolutely right and it's it's quite nice to see how you've sort of reconciled and, and not many people have at this point. I think people feel threatened still, but that they'll mellow out. But you've reconciled your own, you know, love of writing um, with what AI technologies can help you kind of, um, you know, accentuate that and help you kind of develop that even further rather than fearing that it's going to take away yeah your love because it's not effectively it's just going to help support that yeah we don't really know where it's headed but if
1: anything i'll make it do all the menial jobs that i don't want to do right i like narrate you know a memo for example which is like the most boring thing one could who wants to
0: do that nobody ai (laughs) (laughs) exactly and you're you hit the nail on the head that people are always going to fear change video killed the radio star and then youtube killed the video star and then you know streaming killed the tv networks and uh, at every one of those uh, steps along the way, it was uh, boohoo, and then we saw huge potential Absolutely. in the next yeah. thing. So, yeah. here's to the future, really. So, for many, many hats that you wear, you <laughs> well, also have your own consultancy, Natija. Yeah, uh, you work with um, some of your people in your network and whatnot. Tell us a little bit more about the work that you do. So, um, we decided to create Natija mainly to support
1: smaller type of businesses and. I'm really happy to say that a lot of my friends who decided to kind of venture into their own um, uh, realm, you know, not everybody work nine to five job (laughs) and then some. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we do is essentially we we do the strategy, we do the consultancy for them to actually develop their storyline a lot. And so it's it's a little bit one off. Obviously, budget wise, they're not very big, but the good thing about this, the end tale is essentially leveling up because you're able to offer a skill set where somebody else can benefit. And this could include everything from uh, the naming of their business to what their lookbook could look like, for example, talking about them. Uh, one of the things I also do um, on my social media is I really promote, like anytime I get items from them as I really help promote it Very as well cool. because there's so much um I wouldn't say marketing, but there's so much time and effort that's gone into their work. Yes. And in the clutter of everything that's out there and, you know, where we have access to all the global brands and, you know, Middle Eastern brands and so on and so forth. Somebody needs to kind of show a little bit of love which obviously
0: we, we try and do. Support small businesses. All the time. Small to medium enterprises.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> Especially during Ramadan. Absolutely. All, you know, like I feel like... People like, work you know, from their heart. Yeah, heart. you know,
0: like... They're oh, hungry. Can
1: I send you a gin And I'm like, oh. absolutely. I'll absolutely wear it. And yeah. I wear it and I wear it with pride. So actually what I'm wearing today is is, 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 is by one of my friends
0: as well. So yeah. I love it. To the <laughs> listeners who are on audio, <laughs> it's a very beautiful satiny... Canary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very... <laughs> um there will be photos for reference Um, (laughs) before we move on i wanted to also ask you if you had any words of advice um having had the career that you've had for young people or young emiratis looking into looking to get into the comms space um so i mentioned it earlier can't remember which part of the
1: conversation but um learn not to say no in, in, the, in, in the first five to, to seven years of your career. Um, what I see, um, and this not all the time, but sometimes is a lot of people are very happy with just being told what to do and then that's it. But I'd like to see people not only being told what to do, but to question it and to add a little bit extra. Absolutely. Um, I'll give you an example uh, uh, of something that I did. I think uh, I was 21. I just want to make it very clear: when I first started my career, we were still faxing letters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know people you are, certainly don't look at. We were faxing <laughs> letters. Yeah. Okay. And and yeah, uh, you know, I worked at a PR agency, so you know when you're in the PR team, we had to send um, fax. We had to fax letters, individual letters. We would print it out, type it out, print it out, and you would fax it. You would wait for the fax to get there to get the, tit. and then you don't know. Was the dial-up not working? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> you don't know because not everybody had email, yeah. you know, and there was a company email and, uh, or to the editor. Yeah. I didn't know if it was going to get to the editor or not. Fair. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of waiting. You didn't know if they would confirm. Do so you have to wait and wait for the fax to come back again for a confirmation? Yeah. Bring back faxes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about it makes me feel so tired. But we did it. Okay. I did it. Yes. And so that was my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and mind you, this was like at the start of my career. And there was a proposal. There was a request for proposals proposal. So an RFP that came our way mm-hmm. um, for Sheikh Zayed, Baba Zayed, Allah Yerhaman. Allah um from the post office i remember because mm-hmm. they were they were creating the largest um, um post sam, sam actually, yeah sam collection i've seen of Baba the, yeah yeah they're beautiful and uh, but then to actually collate all of it to make it into a mm-hmm. collage of him mm-hmm. and so this came in and i remember our director at that time walked in because she had an office and then we were all sitting in another office as well and she said well who'd like to work on this and there was there was it was like pin drop silence. Anyways, I think it was towards like the weekend or something like that. So I took it and I worked on it. I did the whole proposal and everything. You know, put a little of my own sass because you know I, my parents didn't pay all this money for me to go to school. You know, to sit in fax letters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, you know. No. Yes, I I couldn't do it. Even back then, even though it was a necessary thing to do, Mm -hmm. I wrote the proposal, I wrote the strategy, and I just put her on her desk when I came in the next day. Nice, and and that was it. And when she had come in, she came into our section, and she was like, "Who wrote this? Who wrote this?" And obviously, everybody everybody was like, "I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know." And then I said, "I did," and she said, "You know how to write a proposal."
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been to college. No big deal.
1: <laughs> no, but it, it's it's we underestimate that you. Hundred percent, we do, and vice versa. Hundred percent. And so, when you decide to take initiative, people will recognize it, and the other way around. Give an opportunity to people to take the initiative, rather than saying, "Oh, I don't think this person." But if I give you enough opportunities, you know, and I lay it out there, and you decide to take it. That's the difference between you moving in from a junior executive to a middle executive. Absolutely. Senior executive. But don't come to me saying, oh, I deserve to be a manager because you sent five emails. Mm -hmm. You know, so so I question that because we went through that growth. Yeah. And yes, I did still fax a lot of letters, but I was in a different light now. Mm -hmm. I was in the light where, wait a minute, she can do proposals. So then I started sitting in client RFPs, and I was able to work on big clients. Nice. You know, so so Marriott International was one of the clients that I got to work with. And actually, one of the people that I worked with, Jeff Strachan, and I hope he listens to this as well, is now working with me, you know, uh, uh, when we work together. And he still says, I remember when Ida was still an intern. I was an intern, but, you know, I was so young at that time and so impressionable. But he was he took it to his point to say, "I knew her back then, yeah. and she still has that drive and keep that drive. So just because you've gotten to a certain position, it it's not enough. You can't get complacent. You've got to you've got to want it enough 100%. to go that growth. So that's the first advice. Number two, don't compromise on your own time. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I didn't do very well time box my own personal time." And um, I started doing that a lot better in my 30s. Yeah, it's kind of the curse of the millennial generation, I think. Uh, Yeah, it is. And so, you know, have fun and and learn and enjoy and and listen. Learn to listen. Um, Speak less and and, and listen more. Uh, This is advice I give to my kids. So, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth which means you double up the listening time. (laughs) That's so good. Imagine me saying this in Arabic. It sounds a lot better. That's Um, Good. good. And then the third point, I think, is um, appreciate when somebody else also gets the success. Definitely. And learn from them. Because what happens is we build each other up. 100%. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's, you know, it's always going to be a competition. If you think, oh, well, he did better than me or he got this. But it's okay. There's always room to create something new. Healthy there's, competition. Healthy is competition. And learn from each other, synergize. You know, maybe he has or she has a set of skills that you don't know about. You know, maybe they have um, little you know, yeah. things that are happening at home that you don't know about. Yeah. So there's a different ecosystem for every person. So really learn to appreciate um, others. Um, and, and I think
0: that's it. I, that's a piece of advice. The first one being the longest one, because that was a... They're very solid, though. critical. <laughs> very solid. Um, you're <laughs> absolutely right uh, on all of it, really. Uh, we do underestimate the youth. Um, and they're fresh off of a college education, yeah. if, if they've been to college. And they have all of this knowledge bouncing around in their heads. They can do so much more than yeah. they think they can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, thank you for that. Um <laughs> I wanted to speak to you also about um your work with the E seven daughters of the Emirates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, could you tell us, you know, what they do, what the objective is and your work there.
1: So um uh One of the things bridging the gap between Emiratis and uh, non Emiratis, uh, a couple of my friends and I, we decided this. So it's uh, Esther Tang, Adela Acevedo, Aisha Hashemi, and myself. We all used to work in the same building. We were in Emirates Towers back then. And it was so funny because there were so many nuances and so many, um, I don't want to call them issues, but like, you know, things like traffic or you know, like uh, finding the right person or balancing motherhood, et cetera. These concerns actually span across nationality and age. And so we decided to open a list called Promise of a Generation, POAG. And that was the first kind of youth type of list that was opened up back then. Very cool. It wasn't officiated or anything from that. Um, but then out of it, those conversations, we discovered that there was a niche group of women. Uh, well niche group that were that were women or young girls that really needed a lot more advice, whether it was on a professional level or on a personal level. And that's where E seven E's, meaning well, standing for MRMs and seven for the Summer Emirates, uh, Banat Banatil Emirates. And so it started off more as a mentoring um program for Emiratis first and then we expanded it to non-Emiratis as well. So the role that we play, I mean, I sit on the board, but the role that the mentors and the mentees play is essentially creating, you know, um, or at least finding a solvable um, issue and then going out there. And it's a nine-month program where essentially you learn, you develop, so you co-create. It doesn't matter what age group you're in, whether you're in college or whether you're not in college. It's essential vocational training that you probably wouldn't have gotten elsewhere And also a lot of personal mentorship as well where, you know, a lot of them had a lot of questions about, can I continue? Can I have a job? And some of them have gone out to actually create businesses of their own, which we're very proud of, right? And so the goal is, you know, if you do have something that you want to achieve and you want to get to a place where you're happy with yourself, then this is the kind of program that you should be a part of. And so, yeah, that's
0: very cool. And if... um if someone listening were were to want to get involved, where could they find more information? Everything is on the website or on on the social media. Perfect. We'll link to that in the show notes. Um, Ida, you are a journalist, a comms person, a master of ceremonies, a celebrity manager, an advocate, (laughs) uh, an activist, a mentor. The list goes on. (laughs) I'm tired. Um, You're also a mother. (laughs) And you do all of this. And I'm, Let's not forget a wife. I, and a wife. And I That's right. Wife and mother because they're two different jobs. Two <laughs> different jobs. He's. I call him my third child. No, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's way too many <laughs> jobs. How on earth do you make all of that work and stay sane um, and put together and be as well spoken as you are? Look, if
1: you took everything away and just kept my kids and my husband, I'd be happy. They're the best things I've done in my life best um and and the reason I say this is we're raising two human beings and I think the when you see how well behaved they are how respectful they are you know you've done something right because I could sit and I could write 10 million proposals and I could write 10 100 million emails No one's going to sit and remember that, right? I mean, so those are KPIs that are registered and they come and and they come and they go. But my biggest successes is when you see my kids. And one thing I think as women, um, the shout out to all the women, men do this very well. They will ask for help and they won't shy away. Mm -hmm. We want to do it all. You can do it all, but not at the same time with everybody yes and so it takes a village to raise a family and to have what i have hamdulillah i have a very supportive family a very supportive husband and i built an ecosystem and the ecosystem includes my family you know from my siblings and my husband's family i have very close friends so there is a network of people that have to help you um even i mean we we have um you know, help at home. But, Mm. you know, we call them house managers, nannies. And like, my kids understand that they're part of the family as well. So, you need to be able to let go in order to be able to develop yourself as well. And, I've used this analogy everywhere and people will tell you, I say this all the time. Do you like pizza? I love pizza. Everybody loves pizza. Yeah. But, you know, they they never slice it equally. No. And you'll never get, what what, what do you like as your topping? What's your favorite topic? Um, I like a four cheese ooh, yeah but then you won't get the same amount of topping on every side That's true your life is exactly like a pizza because at any point in time i could be more mom one day i could be more boss one day and so I'd rather focus on the quality of that pizza than how much I ate of that pizza absolutely. And so my kids know like when I, when mama's with us, she's with us. Mm-hmm. Because you could spend 10 hours with your kids, but 8 of those hours you're on your phone, yeah, chatting chatting quality with your hours. friends yeah. and, and they get it. And it was a little bit harder when they were a little bit younger, but they're almost twins. So there's less of me that's needed. And more of their PS5s and yeah. all that other. This stuff. is the age where they want to hang out with you less, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of now, I'm not, now I'm like, okay, this is and but they know we have yes. structure. This is family day, at, you know, at uh, at their other grandparents so my husband's family. This is family day with our family. Yes. and they know TV time or screen time is between this time to this time. So it's very clear. Um, but that discipline, I say, it's gonna go a long way. Yeah. And I feel once you instill it in in your in your family as well. Yeah. I have yeah. to teach my family how yeah. to be disciplined as well with my kids. because I'm I'm military.
0: Does <laughs> <I, laughs> come from your work into your family, or does this come from your personality, and then you brought it into your work and family? My personality. Okay. I have major OCD. Okay. <laughs> Noted. How can I be more like you? Develop <laughs> develop OCD. <laughs> <laughs> no okay. don't be as bad as I am.
1: It's a little bit better now, obviously. I've learned how to let go on a few things. And I think okay. it also comes with age. I just turned 40 this year and I'm like, oof, a Yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to like the forties. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, what do I want? And happy birthday. thank you. Thank you. It was six months ago, but thanks anyway. Absolutely. Still relevant. Still <laughs> relevant. Still lovely. But I'm happy. I'm happy now because um I found a word That I want for my 40s. My friend, who's actually in her 50s, said, Find a word that defines the decade that you're in. And the word that I want to focus on is clarity. So in my 40s, I want clarity. As Jen's put it, you've entered your clarity era. Yes. I I want clarity now. So clarity and by decision making, clarity and you know, what I want to make me happy, clarity in my, and just just clarity. So sometimes I don't have it and uh, and it's okay because
0: um, you have ups and downs, but clarity. So, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know that <laughs> anybody can follow in exactly your shoes, but you certainly have put the, ho- the bar sky high. Um, such an impressive list of things that you've been involved with. Um, you are also, just to add, uh, are you still on the sort of women's board at DET? Is yeah, that- yeah, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. still have a committee. Yeah. And I know that this committee also, or just in general at DET, there's a 50% split generally between uh, male and female employees. Yeah. Is good? It's an average. Yeah. approximately. Yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of things do you look at um, advocating for for women in the workspace? You know, what's so interesting? Um, so, you know, this whole work from home system. Everybody, yeah. post-COVID.
1: Our director general introduced it, I think, in 2018, mm-hmm. and he first introduced it to the mothers. Okay. So it was work from home for mothers twice a month. So he was ahead of the curve. He was ahead of the curve, um, and, and we appreciate him for this and then after that I think it was three or four months it worked so well with us that he then decided to expand it to all the employees mm-hmm. obviously during COVID you know a lot of people realized that working moms are champions mm-hmm. yes there's not a big enough cape for COVID working moms because I have to say it was it was the worst time ever yeah because you didn't know what you could be because I'm a mother at home there's no delineation anymore absolutely but then that that trickled on and 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 obviously post-covid as well we were able to support all the employees to work from home twice a week so that's eight days um in a month but other than that it's generally a lot of the stuff that we do internally for women as well so we do meet you know once or twice a year we do decide on some of the programs that we want to focus on women we do have mentorship programs as well but just general conversations that happen across the board so Mm -hmm. from a policy making perspective the committee is there to always you know not necessarily decide on what activities to do but making sure that there's proper career growth for the women, you know, giving opportunities to the women. So that happens on
0: a, you know, daily, monthly, weekly basis as well. And I, I know you've touched on this in the past, but where would you place and how important is male allyship in this kind of, um, this committee? Yeah. You cannot
1: do it without men. I think that the, the, this fight for womanship, um, I don't want to sit in a room of, of women talking about, what can we do, only as women. Yes, you know, I, I I wouldn't be able to have, this life if I didn't have my partner. Yeah, he is everything. We you we communicate. We talk. We we're we're building a life together, and so. You know, if you eliminate 50% of the population, you know, because you're so focused on the other 50% to grow, then what happens with them? I'm a mother of boys. Yeah. So if I'm not talking about men and boys today, what's Mm going to happen to my boys in the future? Are they going to have the same opportunities? Because I spent so much time emphasizing on just focus on women. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. So they, they see that empowerment is in supporting each other and not belittling the other, you know, gender. Absolutely. uh, You know, you have
0: an agenda. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very important to kind of um, orient the conversation correctly, because when we're talking about, especially in the UAE, this um, advocacy for women and women empowerment, we very much see it as a conversation that we should all be having with our male counterparts. And and it's not, one does not, Exclude the other. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you if you if you really delve deep, we've never actually had to fight for any Absolutely. sort of empowerment. And it's always been given to us. And it's a different type of struggle, I think, different... than the one you would be seeing in the West.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I think I, I we have so much more to offer and to give. Yes. And so we've now reached a, a point of, of of our time where, you know, rather than being asked you know, hey, would you like this? It's like we are taking those opportunities. and it's up to the women to actually decide, hey, I want to go forward with this and I want to do more here. And so there is there is a a balance that has been created from, you know, from the leadership level to, you know, the federal level, to the government level, to the private sector level. so i I actually don't see a differentiator. I see, you know, you're, you're there's a partnership. Yeah, and that partnership, needs to yield, you know, good results if you guys are speaking the same language rather than oh you're the woman so
0: you do this or I'm the man and I do that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Either you uh, have effectively exhausted the number of hats that I can continuously <laughs> ask you about. Either bigger <laughs> but, Yes. Also. Um we kicked off the series rather um to really try to get to know, put the spotlight on champion and celebrate um Emirati women that we find are highly impressive individuals that, that we know that that we can put the spotlight on because especially within our industry, sometimes you work so tirelessly and the spotlight needs to be <laughs> turned back <laughs> on you. And I feel so privileged to have had the opportunity to have this conversation with thank you. you. Um, thank you for sharing so much of your wisdom, of your story, of your journey. Thank you. um, I want to give you the floor, um, to wrap up and to leave us on any closing thoughts that you might have, um, on Emirati Women's Day, on anything we talked about, it's up to you. Um,
1: so first of all, thank you. Um, it's been a delight. I think it's, uh, it's always nice to, to have a conversation. And, um, I think even if you help one, one person with your story, you, you've, uh, kind of helped humanity. Well, achievement unlocked. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Final words. Ooh, I feel it's it's such a, there's such a finality on it, right? (laughs) Um, Have the thirst to learn. Um, It's so important, you know, you hear it in quotes and they always say, oh, well, doctors always have to continue learning. But you as a human being, I think when you stop learning, then you stop understanding and you stop seeing and... You know, you stop listening, and you know we live in such a connected world right now. But sometimes I have to say we're so disconnected. And there is a lot of talk out there, and you know, you're you're talking about, you know, billions of people, you know, living on this planet. Um, I think just, you know, have the hunger to learn, have the hunger to see, and have the hunger to do.
0: That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Aida. Thank you, Tala. <laughs>